Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. And there was a story that caught my eye in the Washington Post today. Uh, and we took a flyer to see if there was any way we could get uh, Catherine Rample on from the Post uh, to share this story. Of course, there was a lot of chatter. Uh, over the weekend with the passing of the reconciliation bill, including the $80 billion for the IRS. And uh, Catherine did a deep dive and actually went behind the scenes. You want to talk about an inside source uh, to talk about why the IRS actually might need that much money. And uh, Catherine joins us on the line. And Catherine, I know this was a, oh, we're still waiting for Catherine. Um, we just check with uh, real quick there. Um, so why we're, why we're waiting for... Catherine, uh, to get on, uh, let me just walk you through just a, a little bit uh, of what happened uh, with her article. So she actually got to go inside the uh, the IRS uh, and get a firsthand look at uh, how things are done and uh, where that is going. And uh, now we've got Catherine on the line. Catherine, uh, just a great piece, and thanks so much for jumping on with us last minute today. Uh, so there are actually some reasons why the IRS might need $80 billion. Just share some of your experience, what you saw as it relates uh, to being kind of inside the room uh, in the IRS. Sure. So I had heard for years how outdated IRS's IT was, you know, that they still used software from the 1970s, that they still relied mostly on paper, things like that. But it wasn't until I actually got to visit one of these processing facilities at IRS that it became clear just how bad things were. Um, basically, I got um, a little exclusive, highly chaperoned tour of the processing system called the pipeline that IRS uses to um, get through millions and millions of mostly paper tax returns. And it, the whole thing is just kind of wild, like to give you one example, uh, the software that is used to digitally scan text into a computer has been around for many decades, commercially available for many decades. IRS does not use it. Instead, when they get your paper tax return, what happens is somebody manually types into a computer digit by digit the entries on your return that the agency is interested in, you know, whether that's your adjusted gross income or, or whatever. Um, so it's all done manually. Wow. And there were a bunch of steps in this process that were just similarly like 
you know, out of a, out of a time warp, basically. Um, so it, it was, it was a really interesting tour, um, sort of depressing, sort of wild, but it really was eye opening about, um, just how outdated the chief revenue collection agency of the richest country in the world still is. Uh, one of the things that you described that I want you to, to give some detail to is, uh, it's actually the headline of your article at the Washington Post today, and uh, we'll post this on our uh, social media so people can link into it. And that is uh, your description of the, uh, the the break room, <laughs> of what is going on the in cafeteria. the cafeteria. Yeah. Yes, yes. So the overwhelming impression you will get if you visit IRS or if you look at our photo essay in the Washington Post, it's just paper. Everywhere you look, it is a sea of paper. And every hallway, every shelf, every bit of floor space is just stacked high with paper tax returns. Because again, this is a, a paper-based process. Even, I should say, for people who e-file, who file electronically, they can still get stuck in this kind of paper purgatory because if IRS finds any you know, anything awry on your tax return, they write you a letter. You have to respond by snail mail or fax, which gets converted into paper. The result of this is that they have this huge backlog of tax returns that have yet to be processed. There are over 10 million tax returns right now that are awaiting some stage of processing. Um, And they have nowhere to store them. So that's why every surface (laughs) is just overflowing with paper, including the cafeteria. The cafeteria, obviously, is supposed to be where people eat lunch, but instead it's just rows and rows and rows of, like, shoulder-high shelving, you know, these sort of uh, rolling shelves um, with tax returns in them. It looks kind of like cornrows of uh, of taxes, (laughs) of tax returns. And you see people periodically walk into the cafeteria. You know, they walk down the row, they pull the return out, to do whatever the next step of processing is, and then they they bring it back. Um, but it, it's just it's wild. It's like, like I said, it's like sort of being in like a corn maze, except if you had a rat at one end of the cafeteria and a piece of cheese at the other end, the rat could not find its way because no it's just too obstructed by by so much paper. Oh man, you you went on to uh, to point out in in your piece that uh, that the newest part of the system. Uh, is a computer that uses Windows XP as an as a operating system. Uh, and, and you made some great points, I think, in terms of all the things. Uh, obviously, those are all things that we need to, to deal with in terms of the IRS. But then we've also added over the years uh, so many more responsibilities uh, to do yeah. welfare and Obamacare and a, and a host of other things. How is that all stacking up uh, against the IRS? Well, over the years, um, Congress has, has not, in my view, sufficiently invested in the agency just to account for, you know, the growing complexity of the tax code. Um, and again, the fact that we're now in the 21st century and they should be uh, equipped with 21st century technology and databases and things like that. Um, and in fact, in the past year, excuse me, the past decade, most years from the past decade, Congress has actually cut. IRS is funding. But as you point out, despite the uh, purely tax-related responsibilities of IRS getting more complicated, despite their funding for most of this period going down, they've also been loaded up with a lot of other duties. It's things like administering benefits through the tax code, whether that's sending out monthly child tax credit checks 
or the stimulus checks. You know, they've done round after round of stimulus checks during COVID and, and even before COVID. Um, they were in charge of enforcing Obamacare. Uh, they are in charge of enforcing um, this act called FATCA, which has to do with foreign banking accounts. Uh, they have even been deployed to track down some of those Russian yachts that the U.S. government has been, um, you know, finding and, and basically seizing in some capacity as part of the Russia sanctions. So, uh, so they've, you know, they've they've taken on a lot of additional work, which is, um, you know, surprising that they were able to do it as competently as they have been, given their limited resources and, in fact. There are dwindling resources for much of this period. Uh, but this is part of the reason why there is now this big push to invest more money in the agency. Most of the attention that's been paid to this proposal um, that, that Democrats are now seemingly on the verge of passing as part of the Inflation Reduction Act has to do with more investment in enforcement. So that means auditing, for example, audit rates for mega corporations and um, uh, millionaires and, you know, other people uh, who, who have a lot of money and have armies of, of tax attorneys and accountants to shield that money um, from ta- from the tax man. Audit rates of those things have gone down. Um, there's been a lot of press and promotion uh, about giving IRS more money so that they can go after the tax cheat, um, particularly the, the ones with deep pockets and those armies of accountants. Um, But that's not the only thing that this money will be used for. It will also be used in part for customer service, which anybody who's tried to call the IRS recently knows is (laughs) abysmal, um, as well as things like upgrading IT uh, so that hopefully this paper-based antiquated system can be more automated. People will get their tax or get, get their refunds more quickly, uh, particularly if they file on paper, and it will be a better experience for the typical taxpayer who understandably um, has a very unpleasant experience much of the time (laughs) trying to just abide by the law and pay for taxes. Yeah, and that uh, it is part of, we've been talking about trust today and trust in institutions, and I I think the investment in the technology and the systems that that will bring it into the 21st century, I think would go a long way. Uh, Everyone will still grumble about paying their taxes. I think that is the one thing that does absolutely unify the entire nation, regardless of politics, uh, is the The paying. The world, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, having having that system, then I think you can look at, you know, auditors and things like that uh, as you look at to making sure that everybody is doing the right thing the, the right way. Uh, Catherine, we really appreciate you jumping on last minute. Uh, Catherine Rample from the Washington Post. She's a great writer and thinker. And this is this is one that is both a visual experience uh, behind the scenes and some great insight in terms of how we got where we are with the IRS and what some of those possible solutions are moving forward. Catherine, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to go to a conversation we just had from Ghana uh, about a special fellowship there, some important conversations about the slave trade and how to become an agent of betterment. Stick around. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. 
find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.